You, what do you mean you don't know? If I know, you got to know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Beck Bodie No Bonds podcast. I'm here with Jim Bodie, co-founder of the company. Instagram handle is jbodie71. Very good. <laughs> Been practicing. Been practicing. I was ready for that. I was ready. Matt Marizio. Yep. Um, at Matt Marizio. Yep. Very easy. Uh, ben Beck uh, at bbeck3333. Also, obviously, you should probably mention the at Beck Bodie Instagram handle. Um, find these podcasts on um, basically anywhere you can find podcasts, except iTunes right now, but we're working on that. What's going on in the world? That's what we want to know. What's going on in our world? Uh, it's awesome. If you look... The average return in October is positive historically, despite record drops in 1929, 1987. It was like 19%, 21%. Lori Lachlan is going to get the hose. That's what's going to happen. Oh, oh. I mean, Felicity Huffman's going is in jail or going to jail? She's in jail for 30 days, right? I don't and, know. Yeah, what do you mean you don't know? If I know, you got to know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'm still I'm no. on the, I'm on the fringes with you. All right. <laughs> when it comes to the world. Uh, um, what about Fed cutting rates? Is there a benefit to? What does that investors? mean for you? The Feds continue to cut rates. Ninety percent chance the markets are gonna the markets now see a ninety percent chance the Fed will cut rates again this month. Uh, this month. That's outrageous. Um, Why are you saying that's outrageous? Just because those no, uh, there was a hundred percent chance a month prior that they were going to raise. No, they raised rates less than a year ago. They're, a month prior to the most recent started December's crap. Uh, but a, you're interrupting me. A hundred percent chance. That's not good for podcast. A month prior. <laughs> so I read a month prior to them cutting the most recent cut yeah. rate cut uh, of whatever. Economists yep. make those recommendations. There was a 100% chance they were going to raise rates. Okay, and then a month prior, and then it's switched. And now obviously it tilted because now they ended up lowering. So the prediction was 100% chance they're going to raise, and then they lowered. Hmm. So like, how accurate is this 90% chance they're going to cut again? I don't know. It's irrelevant. Yeah. But we could talk about that. We could talk yeah. about I mean, rates and how they how the, the inverse relationships between bond bond prices and interest rates. I think right. it's, it's what I think a better conversation is for investors. Is it good that rates are falling and why? That's Everyone true. says mm -hmm. that rates are low. Why is it good for the investors? Mm -hmm. Why is that good for the economy? Why is that one of the policies that they can do to boost the Well, one that jumps out at me is it lowers borrowing costs for everybody for everybody across the board, right? From the intent is to lower bar borrowing costs. It doesn't necessarily mean mortgages and everything are going to follow suit and stay there because they're based on other factors in how you know bonds trade every day, right? right? Um, 
but certainly the intent is that you lower interest rates. It has a direct effect on borrowing costs. A lot of a lot of interest rates that you have on loans and mortgages are based in some way, shape, or form on interest rates and uh, target rates like the prime mm -hmm. or LIBOR mm -hmm. um, that um, are an input into what you actually pay. You know, if you look at your mortgage statement, you see this more, this, if you look at the fine print, it says, you know, this rate is based upon some sort of indicative rate plus a spread over the top of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so anytime that they lower rates, the intent, of course, is for that, the, for example, directly the prime rate will come down based on the Fed funds rate. It'll lower your rate. Uh, but it's not guaranteed to stay there. You know, things mm -hmm. fluctuate around and, and it is a living and breathing market. Um, so, so the that's expectation one. is, right, that they lower rates and it, and it boosts the economy mm -hmm. and it boosts the stock market, mm -hmm. which affects individual investors. Sure. So you look at our strategy, the utilities, it's utilities are by their nature highly leveraged uh, companies. In other words, they borrow a lot of money that goes into infrastructure you know, of course, their their you know their their utility is is they've got their uh, generation plants, but they've also got the lines, of course, that go to your and my house. You mm -hmm. know, in terms of delivering electricity and everything in between, and so the ability for companies like a utility to borrow money more cheaply and to replace equipment, to improve operations, and so on, that translates into better profits and more money that they can actually pass back to shareholders in the form of a dividend. That's obviously why we believe so heavily in utilities, mm. is that um, there, uh, and the fact that that the, the regulation aspect is that um, they're pretty stable companies historically, but particular ones that you can identify that are actually in very good position to raise their dividend um, over the next twelve months puts us and our clients in a good position. So what you're saying is, our income portfolio will do well in a lower interest rate environment. Yeah. What happens to either current bonds that are owned mm -hmm. or future purchase of bonds if interest rates continue to get lower? If interest rates continue to go lower, and there's not much room right, right. for them to go lower, but utilities are very similar to bonds in the sense that there's that inverse relationship between the price of a bond, in other words, what people are buying and selling it at versus what the interest rate is. Think of it this way. You've got a you've got an asset, a bond that you own, and it's paying you, um, and it's paying you five percent per year. That's the interest rate on the bond, and you have the ability to sell that whenever you want. Mm -hmm. So it's got a market value that's determined every single day. And then let's say interest rates go up to six percent. Okay, so now effectively, when interest they're essentially the Fed is putting bonds out there in the market that they're now that are now yielding six percent. You're holding a bond that's yielding 5%. So that attractiveness of your bond that you own now, because interest rates have moved up, mm -hmm. is obviously a lot less attractive. Mm -hmm. Why would somebody buy a bond at 5% off you when the marketplace is generating something at 6%? Yep. And then vice versa. The, if you own a bond, at, let's use the same scenario, but interest rates going down. If you own a bond at 5% right now, okay, but then the going interest rates, Fed lowers interest rates, and that has an effect. And then the, now the going interest rate is 4% on new bonds being uh, put out there in the market. That makes your bond a lot more attractive. Mm -hmm. So that should drive the price of 
your investment up. Mm. And so that's what we mean by interest rate sensitivity, or you hear that out in the marketplace, is that um, the prices of bonds have an inverse relation to uh, um, the yields going up and down and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And utilities are very, in anything that is interest rate sensitive, that any business, utilities, real estate, a big one, obviously, right? You know, yeah. the prices of homes can be... Um, um, very, very closely tied to that inverse relationship too because interest rates go down, people can borrow money more cheaply. That can and does have an impact on what people are able to spend on homes. And mm -hmm. technically, if there's more capital chasing an asset, mm -hmm. that drives the price of the asset up over time. It's the same philosophy behind our utilities portfolio. Mm -hmm. If we only select utilities where our analysts and our strategy identifies companies where the utility that is poised to be able to raise inter, uh, raise uh, their dividend payment over the next 12 months. Me, basically what that means is that um, operations are going so well within the utilities, they might be in a great geographical area where industry is growing and they're able to, or they're able to, um, as many utilities do in certain geographical locations, basically all geographical locations, they have the ability on consumers to raise rates. Mm -hmm your electric bill yep. um, tends to go up year over year. Yep. Um, that money is, you know, comes into the utility and, and, a, and a good portion of that is paid back out towards shareholders. So the more utility can increase that, the more they're able to pay in a dividend. Our function as advisors and investment managers are to identify the utilities out there that are best positioned to do that, not last year, but over the next year, uh, because at the end of the day, you own that stock, and all of a sudden, six months from now, if that's paying a higher dividend than it was when we bought it, that should and does drive the price of that up. Just like more capital chasing a piece of real estate drives the price of your home up if you're trying to sell it and interest rates fall, same idea. Are there any other asset classes other than utilities that do something similar? Yeah, so we mentioned real estate, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. um, commonly um, found in our industry are what are called REITs, real estate investment trusts. And there's a number of different types of REITs, but um, um, they're actually uh, accounts. Think of them as accounts. They're trusts, but they're accounts that um, a portfolio manager or a partner or, or, or a limited partners own a... Um, number of different real estate holdings. It could be a bunch of shopping malls, or it could be a bunch of hospitals, or it could be a bunch of healthcare facilities and otherwise. And um, those are just assets within a portfolio that are, again, interest rate sensitive based on you know interest rates moving up and down. Um, um, certain energy companies, very similar to utilities, are um, oil and gas pipeline and storage companies. Uh, which we've owned in our strategy in the past, where very similar, they are not necessarily driven by the cost of oil and gas in terms of their price moving up and down, but more so the supply and demand. And think of them as toll booth collectors on the turnpike. Mm -hmm. um, they're responsible for moving natural gas from point A to point B. They own the infrastructure. They own the, the lines, so to speak, underground, or the yeah. pipeline, so to yeah. speak. And they're moving that, and they're collecting a toll from... Um, in order to do that, uh, so to speak. So very similar to utilities is they're charging a generation charge or they're mm -hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. And um, so those are all businesses, real estate, 
you know, oil and gas pipeline storage, your general electric utility are all pretty heavily dependent on the cost of capital. Mm-hmm. And cost of capital, if you're borrowing money, that's interest rates at banks. If you're financing that, what is common if the uh, stock is in a really good position, they're able to go out there actually in the stock market, not borrow money the, I guess, traditional way, mm-hmm. but go out there and um, rate what we call in our industry, raise more shares, make a secondary offering in the market and do it that way. Um, that's a sign of a, 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 a company that's in a pretty good economic position because that means there's a lot of uh, potential uh, buyers out there in the stock market that look at that company as attractive and want to own more shares and they still make a secondary offering. So let's go back to interest rates. Potential that interest rates are going to go back down the end of 2019, maybe as soon as this month. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's look at how that affects the fixed income markets. means that an investor is going to get a much lower interest rate if they mm-hmm. go and invest in some sort of new fixed income mm-hmm. investment. And on the other side is if rates were going up, they would be getting them at a higher rate, but if they currently owned them, mm-hmm. they'd have to sell them at a discount. Right. So is there any good time to buy a bond? Yeah, right. So, so... Look, yeah. So what you're talking about is the is the what are the three different? There's only three major scenarios, right? In that interest rates can have, interest rates are staying the same, interest rates are going up, or interest rates are going down. Um, and we can't forget that the 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 reason the Fed raises interest rates in a lot of ways is to combat inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the controls the Fed has is to limit. Or, or make more difficult or raise the cost of capital out there so it slows down the um, inflationary aspects of other ass- assets in our world. Um, and so that's a control that they have. But So if interest rates are going up, you can say, oh, that's a good thing. I can buy bonds at a, at a higher interest rate. But then again, if interest rates are going up, that means theoretically there's a lot of inflation present in the market. That means everything else in our life is theoretically moving up in price. So interest rate on a bond that you'd be able to get tomorrow if it's at a higher interest rate, good. But then it's also a reflection of everything else in our life, the cost is going up as well. Mm. So kind of null and void mm-hmm. to a certain so extent. Wa- yeah, it washes out. And it's fixed, right? So inflation is not fixed. Inflation mm-hmm. moves up, and it moves up usually at a pretty healthy clip year over year. Um, so the fixed rate nature of bonds makes it very difficult to be a viable investment for a lot of individuals. So, and then interest rates stay the same. Okay, so now you're just a fixed rate of interest for a long period of time, you know, the length of that maturity of the bond. Mm-hmm. Again, even though the Fed doesn't think inflationary pressures are so much that they're raising interest rates because they're keeping interest rates the same, you know as well as I do, there's nothing that stays the same cost-wise in, in any consumer's life. Mm-hmm. You know, from we just mentioned electricity bills. We mentioned uh, food costs, you know, technology, just day-to-day living. I don't care what the inflation numbers say. Everything in our lives goes up in price over yep. time. There's no question about yep. it. So interest rates staying the same and fixing the rate of interest you get from an investment, that income is not from the bond is not going to keep up over time with with the 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 um, the cost of everything else in our lives, mm-hmm. and then the, the the scenario that we just mentioned, interest rates going down, which is happening right now. So they're saying, okay, um, maybe inflation is not so much a concern right now. We're actually trying to propel the economy forward. 
Um, so interest rates are going down. So that's obviously one of the worst scenarios for, you know, for bondholders necessarily from a yield perspective. Somebody might argue, well, hold on a second. You just said as interest rates go down, if you're holding a bond, then, then theoretically the, the, the income being generated or the, the, uh, the interest rate in your bond is going to be higher than what's now available out there. So isn't that attractive? Doesn't it make the, the price go up? Sure, it'll make the price go up. But again, inflation is still present at all times in our, in what happens when that bond comes due and then your, your reinvestment opportunities are only at lower interest rates. Now you're fixing at a lower interest rate. It, it's kind of a, in any scenario, interest rate wise for bonds, it is a vicious circle. And forget about where interest rates are going up, down. We don't have to make it that complicated. You cannot, as an investor, fix the rate of your return. If your rate of return is fixed, like it is in a bond or a variable annuity in a lot of cases, or a fixed annuity, certainly by its definition, every year that goes by, the purchasing power of what that's producing goes down. In other words, the worth of your money is going down. It feels safe up front, right? Because you can buy a bond and say, well, I'm guaranteed, at least by the, the, the ability of the issuer, or in a lot of cases, the government issues these bonds, government bonds. Mm -hmm. So unless the USA is not going to pay, in which they are going to pay, um, but still, that, that's not the main idea here. It's not the security. It's the fixed nature of things. And over any amount of time, it's not going to keep up with the, the expenses. So you're losing your ability to purchase things in the future. I think most people, when they think about interest rates, are thinking about fixed income and how that affects that portion mm -hmm. or their income-producing portion of the portfolio. Yeah. How does it affect the S&P, the growth portion? If interest rates are going down, is that a positive thing for the markets? Is that a negative thing for the mm -hmm. markets? What have we seen in the past and could mm -hmm. expect in the future with changing interest rates right now? Mm -hmm. good, good question. Because there's, there's the theoretical mm -hmm. and then there's the actual, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I go back to last December mm -hmm. where interest rates went up and it sent the stock market into literally a tailspin. Yeah, yeah. October through basically until what, Christmas? Yeah. Roughly? Yes. Yeah. We saw a, I think a north of 20% correction in, in the S&P, I think. I don't know yeah. what the other indices, I think the, the NASDAQ was actually worse. Yep. Um, Dow Jones was just about the same. So like yeah. December especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so there's, like anything in the investment world, there's the theoretical. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a the theoretical of, you know, one of the big things when we talk about diversification or the industry talks about diversification as well, a perfectly efficient portfolio has a bunch of assets, investments within that portfolio that are, that are non-correlated with each other. Mm -hmm. But in the real world, um, when the markets don't do well, you know, that's my favorite saying is, you know, only thing up when the market's down is correlation, <laughs> you know, with, within assets. So, mm -hmm. You look back at 2008 and 2009, you have a whole bunch of these different kind of assets where a good majority of them went down. So where did that theoretical, you know, what was realistic about that was that that, that didn't hold up. So you have to take a deeper look at, at, at um, and not just take what happened in history and, or, um, you know, what, what um, any particular white paper or, or industry research might say based on history and say, okay, what am I trying as an investor? What am I trying to, what is the goal for me for investing in any way, shape, or form? Whether you're investing in bonds or whether you're investing in the S&P index or so on, 
start with the end in mind, right? What is the, what is the end goal? And then are the investments that I am putting together or my financial advisor is putting together, are those, do those make sense to me that they'll get me there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously we will always make a strong argument that if, 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 you know, if you have bonds in your portfolio, can you make a strong argument that those are going to be um, something that can get you to your goals, being a fixed rate of interest and incorporating inflation and so on? Hence the No Bonds podcast. Yeah. Right. right. There's, a, there's a reason behind that name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm hearing if I'm an investor, right, it's impossible to say, in theory, sure, rates go up, economy slows down, mm-hmm. right? And that looked good in December. It's not 100% accurate, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. if I'm hearing what we're talking about today, the rates going down today mean that my potential to borrow money is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Money costs less for me. Mm-hmm. So if I have a mortgage that I could refinance, or if I need to, if I'm going to look, take out a loan, buy a car, or mm-hmm. make some type of purchase where like I'm going to add on to my house, that money today is going to be less than in the future. So I might want to consider that if I can accelerate it. But it doesn't sound like for an investor who's using that portfolio to pay them, say like somebody in retirement, mm-hmm doesn't sound like they need to necessarily pay attention to the interest rates so much unless they're in all bonds, then they're going to affect mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. The reality is the rate change today dropping should stimulate economy growth and should be maybe make your financial situation better because you can borrow money cheaper. But if you're in retirement, you highlighted it earlier, there's really no rate change scenario if you're in all bonds mm-hmm. that will actually help you all that much mm. because of the nature of the bonds and the term are usually 10 plus years that mm. that rate change is sort of insignificant over a decade's lifetime when your life mm. continues to cost. Yeah. So if I'm hearing it correctly, sure, if you're listening to the rate change today, take advantage of some cheaper money if you need to make, if you need to borrow some. Mm-hmm. But if you're in all bonds, the rate change isn't your issue. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to be much better or much worse off. You should really relook at what that, those fixed rates of return are getting you mm-hmm. and what your goals are for retirement. Right, and that's a big thing, right? Because we're, you know, there's many different types of investors out there. Yeah. You know, and we deal with a specific type of investor, in a sense, or a st- particular person that is looking for advice on how do I allocate my hard-earned money, how do I invest my money, for in objectives that are a little bit down the road, right? We don't really invest in money for anybody that has uh, a very short time horizon, right? You right. know, from six months. You know, nobody comes to us and says, "I'm, you know, I'm looking to double my money in six months. What can you right. do for me?" Um, I mean, you know, see, I'll um, follow you. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let me know if you meet that person. Um, but there are investors out there that have um, either they have very short term goals, or it's the investor that. Um, is okay with what I call subordinating um, the amount of income they'll receive in the future for that principal protection, mm. right? Because what we mm. do, we, we invest, instead of investing in bonds, we invest in uh, mainly utilities mm-hmm. for that portion of the portfolio. And the reason, obviously, we do it is because utilities give us a few things that fixed income um, um, can't and won't, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, and, and one of the biggest things out there is the ability to collect a higher dividend payment in the future than we are today. 
Whereas with a bond, you don't have that ability because that interest rate is fixed. Mm -hmm. But that might be fine for somebody, mm -hmm. right? That might mm -hmm. be fine. So you know what? I don't want to expose myself and I'm willing to the to the um, any kind of fluctuations in the market, and I'm willing to have um, my financial picture ten years from now look a lot worse than it could uh, in terms of purchasing power, yeah. uh, because I don't want to expose my principal. And uh, look, we're not in the convincing game, right? You know, that's <laughs> that's not our that's not our role is to convince people. Our role is to take our experience and our expertise and say, hey. What's your, what's your point B, right? And say, okay, here's A, where, where are you trying to get to? Okay, if you're trying to get to point B, here's how we would allocate your investments to, that make the most amount of sense for what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's just a, a ton of different investors out there, but I think there's also a lot of uh, misinformation and opportunity for us to educate folks. Obviously, another yep. reason for this, this podcast mm -hmm. is that don't, you know, we hear a lot of, lot of very common things from the industry, right? You know, how you should invest a portfolio and um, um, you shouldn't invest in October. Yeah. Obviously. Right. October is, you know, on average, right, the worst month ever in the history of uh, the markets. Every year it goes down. Is that right? Uh, in theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I theory. don't know if statistically that's accurate, but there are a lot of those wives' tales. Right. You know, in, in, oh, sell in May and go away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you historically look at rates of return over the last hundred years in those months, it's not true. I mean, trends are great and they work until they don't. So, I think that's the so it's no longer a trend. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So the, the, the investor, the, 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 the person, that, the family that, that has at least five years, right? We usually cut, you know, at least five years uh, before they need to start taking out of their portfolio a significant amount of money, we consider that a long-term investor or getting to the point where it's a long-term investor where you can go through a full, almost a full market cycle. Yep. Um, you shouldn't be worrying, right, about selling October or selling May and go away or, or whether or not interest rates are going to tick up or tick down tomorrow. Hmm. Um, the main idea is, is, am I, to me, it's, it's, am I doing the smart things now that are going to put me in the best possible position at point B, whether that's five, and for most folks, it's, it's not five years. It's 10, 15. Even for the 62-year-old mm -hmm. that's retired or getting ready to retire, even though the industry said, tells us, oh, my gosh, your whole portfolio should be switched over to uh, very conservative investments, you're going to live another 20 to 25 years. Yeah. So longevity risk is the biggest thing that we deal with. And it's, it's, uh, it's it, you know, what you're hearing from the industry is, is oftentimes not tremendously applicable. Mm -hmm. to the individual, you know. Um. Right. So at the end of the day, interest rates dropping can help you get some free cash mm -hmm. or cheaper free. cash. Um, free money. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really impact, it shouldn't impact your long-term outlook. Right. Mm -hmm. um, well, good. I think this was a good discussion. Yeah. Agreed. Right? Um, so... Um, Instagram handles. See if we hold on. We're gonna do a oh test. <laughs> the most active person go first. Jay Bodie, seventy one. <laughs> Follow me at Matt Marizio. At Ben Beck thirty three. I changed it. 
No wow. way I'll change it. You know, I didn't even ben know Beck that. 30, at Ben Beck 33. Um, is it still 3333? 33? Double birds? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it is. All right. At Double Ben Beck 3333. 30, Double Larry Birds. Double yeah. birds. Um, yeah, or you can follow the company at Beck Bodie. Yep. Yeah, or email us social at beckbodie.com. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. as we said, there's a, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for education and clarification. And look, it's your hard earned money. Um, and uh, to be able to get not only ours, but out there in the marketplace, some different points of view about how you can uh, put yourself in the best position. It's definitely a worthwhile endeavor to do yeah. that. And that's obviously the point of this podcast is to, um, certainly it's our point of view, right? It's our opinion. It's our opinion based upon years and years of experience and expertise and it's how we manage our own money yeah. you know, as a firm, as individuals within a firm. So we certainly are passionate about it, yep. uh, but check us out, uh, follow us, email us, questions, social at Beck Bodie, um, and um, we we'll look forward to the next one. Yeah. Till next time. Yeah.